0: Shining City Audio, a John Meacham and C-13 original studio. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. April 3rd, 1948. President Truman signs the Marshall Plan into law. I'm John Meacham, and this is Reflections of History. At Evernorth Health Services... As the war in Ukraine unfolds and there is debate about America's interests in the conflict, it's worth noting that on this date in 1948, the United States made one of the great investments in our history in the rebuilding of Europe. Known as the Marshall Plan, after General and Secretary of State George C. Marshall, the initiative was designed to lift up a ravaged continent, including our former enemies. The impetus behind the plan was clear. Avoid the post-Fersailles disaster of grinding down defeated nations and sowing the seeds of resentment. Seeds that could lead to resurgent militarism. Here, in part, is how President Truman articulated the plan to Congress. A principal concern of the people of the United States is the creation of conditions of enduring peace throughout the world. In company with other peace-loving nations, the United States is striving to ensure that there will never be a World War III. In the words of the Charter of the United Nations, we are determined to save succeeding generations from the scourge of war. We seek lasting peace in a world where freedom and justice are secure and where there is equal opportunity for the economic well-being of all peoples. To this end, the United States played a leading role in the founding of the United Nations. We have supported that organization at all times to the best of our ability, and we have advanced a number of proposals for increasing its effectiveness in maintaining peace and security, and in establishing the economic, social, and moral foundations of peace. We are working in the United Nations toward the limitation and control of armaments, and, in a step without precedent or parallel, have offered to place our most powerful weapon under international control, provided that other nations agree to effective and enforceable safeguards against its use for destructive purposes. The United States, in the conviction that a prerequisite to peace in the future is the just settlement of past differences, has labored to obtain fair and workable treaties of peace for former enemy states, so that they may resume their places in the family of nations. The United States has taken the lead in worldwide efforts to promote industrial and agricultural reconstruction and a revival of world commerce, for we know that enduring peace must be based upon increased production and an expanding flow of goods and materials among nations for the benefit of all. Since the surrender of the Axis powers, we have provided more than $15 billion in the form of grants and loans for aid to victims of the war to prevent starvation, disease, and suffering, to aid in the restoration of transportation and communications, and to assist in rebuilding war-devastated economies. This assistance has averted stark tragedy and has aided progress toward recovery in many areas of the world. In these and many other ways, the people of the United States have abundantly demonstrated their desire for world peace and the freedom and well-being of all nations. We must now make a grave and significant decision relating to our further efforts to create the conditions of peace. We must decide whether or not we will complete the job of helping the free nations of Europe to recover from the devastation of the war. Our decision will determine, in large part, the future of the people of that continent. It will also determine, in large part, whether the free nations of the world can look forward with hope to a peaceful and prosperous future as independent states, or whether they must live in poverty and in fear of selfish, totalitarian aggression. In the past, the flow of raw materials and manufactured products between Western Europe, Latin America, Canada and the United States has integrated these areas in a great trading system. In the same manner, Far Eastern exports to the United States have helped pay for the goods shipped from Europe to the Far East. Europe is thus an essential part of a world trading network. The failure to revive fully this vast trading system, which has begun to function again since the end of the war, would result in economic deterioration throughout the world. The United States, in common with other nations, would suffer. Our deepest concern with European recovery, however, is that it is essential to the maintenance of the civilization in which the American way of life is rooted. It is the only assurance of the continued independence and integrity of a group of nations who constitute a bulwark for the principles of freedom, justice, and the dignity of the individual." So said Harry Truman. And it worked. The Lesson Democracies and prosperous nations tend not to go to war with one another. Isolationism breeds conflict, and that lesson must be borne in mind today. Thank you for listening to Reflections of History, a creation of Shining City Audio, a C-13 Originals, and John Meacham Studio. Reflections of History is executive produced by me, John Meacham, and Chris Corcoran, chief content officer and founding partner of Cadence 13. Production and editing led by Lloyd Lockridge, Margot Gray, and Chris Basil. Production assistance by Andy Jaskowitz and Adam Macias. Cadence 13 is an odyssey company. Hey mama, we see you. All the visible and invisible work you do for others and yourself. That's why this Mother's Day, the Meditation for Women podcast has a special free guided meditation just for you. Stay to listen to hundreds of guided meditations available for you. Some to help you sleep, start your day, release anxiety, and tune into your intuition. Listen to Meditation for Women on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.